Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form. Check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you at the show. Afternoon and welcome to On a Water Break. This is a podcast about everything in the marching arts. You name it, we've probably already planned to talk about it. There is just so much that we want to talk about. So before we can get into anything, we have a new staff member joining the host panel. This is Cameron Cavender. He's a drummer who I have been telling already working on a secret project for everyone. So welcome, Cameron. Welcome, Cameron. Hello. It's nice good to be to with you guys. You. <laughs> Thank you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. Um, I'm a snare drummer mainly out of uh, Fort Worth. And uh, I marched with the Santa Clara Vanguard and uh, Vigilantes Indoor Percussion. Um, so I have a bit of a connection with y'all's indoor scene, which I really enjoy seeing and, and getting to be a part of. Um, and I just teach lessons, teach high school out of the area. So I'm glad to kind of be here and see what you guys are doing over here. Awesome. Well, now that we have Cameron all sorted and ready for rehearsal, how's everybody feeling now that the first show is out there? Have you guys gotten any feedback from anyone? I have. I mean, I've seen, I've heard a couple people that, you know, are just like totally excited that there's something for marching band exclusively in the marching arts and, you know, pageantry arts, um, kind of a unique spot for us to fill. So people have been excited to hear what we're going to talk about next and who's coming up as a, as a guest. They, they want more. My friends are just more, 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 more episodes, more stuff. <laughs> I've definitely heard people are like waiting on the next episode to come out. They're like, okay, we got the first one. And then the second one came out. They're like, yeah, let's go. And then they kept going. Um, how about some of the groups and the organizations that we've talked about in the previous episodes? Have you guys heard anything from them? Are they hearing that they're getting shout outs? My kids loved it. They felt like uh, superstars. Then <laughs> they should, Tom. Your, your kids are superstars. Absolutely. Well, I would like to introduce today's guest clinician. This is a person who knows a thing or two about getting a college band through band camp and a whole host of other duties that college band directors just can't ever seem to get through. I'm going to pass this over to the guru of college bands to do this interview. Go for it, Beth. Thank you, Jackie. So first, I'm going to say I'm a little hoarse because I've been doing a lot of marching band stuff. So I've been out in the field and I've got a little little froggy throat, but it's not gonna stop me from talking about band and, uh, and about our next guest, who is one of my oldest friends in the marching programs, which I'm not gonna divulge how old that means, but um, our guest uh, speaker today is, drum roll, Allison Beadler. I met Allie back at Westchester University in Pennsylvania. Allie is a life member of the Ada Road chapter of Kappa Kappa Psi. She is a member of the National Data and Assessment Committee for Kappa Kappa Psi. And as if her world wasn't busy enough, she is also the executive director of the Westchester University Alumni Association Band Chapter. Welcome, Allie. 
Well, thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here today. Allie, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad you're, you, you had time to take part in this podcast with us. So, you know, let, let's go back to, to like, you know, when you and I first met on that field on Matlack Street. And, you know, give me, give me your first, you know, impressions of band when you, when you started in college and maybe a little bit of your background. Well, when I got to Westchester, I had come from a very small band. So um, I think uh, sheer terror and overwhelm definitely were my first week of camp. Um, But I realized very quickly that I had found, of course, a wonderful marching ensemble to be a part of, but uh, my my chosen family. And that was Mm. an important part of me uh, surviving college. <laughs> um, <laughs> As it is for most of us, especially that first year. Yeah. And so that love of band has carried not just on the field, but in the concert hall as well. And, uh, in the, uh, basketball gym and, uh, and I just, I, I've, I continue to be an advocate for all the bands, especially the marching arts, because it's we we see music dying in our schools because districts you know mm-hmm. have other priorities, and it's important that we continue to support our local uh, schools and their music programs and our college programs because college programs are going under the axe too. We had several music majors in the uh, state schools here in Pennsylvania that were put on moratorium several years ago uh, Mm, because because our smaller schools could not afford to continue to have fine arts departments. So uh, it's advocacy, it's love, it's a ridiculous fandom for band, 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 and band. Well, you know, and you, you are quite the advocate. So what I think maybe some of our listeners don't know is that when you get to college, um, there are fraternities and sororities and part of the Greek system that are dedicated strictly to serving the bands of the university. Um, I pledged and, and I'm a sister and alumni sister of Tau Beta Sigma. I even wore my Tau Beta Sigma alumni shirt today to to, for a little extra reminiscing. Um, and Ali, I know you pledged Kappa Kappa Psi. Maybe you could tell us a little more about that organization and how it fits in with the marching arts at the collegiate level. Sure. Um, I became a brother. Yes, I'm a woman and I'm a brother of Kappa Kappa Psi in the spring of 1991. I was a second semester freshman. And uh, Kappa Kappa Psi is primarily a student service and leadership recognition society whose chief role is to assist the director of bands in developing the leadership and enthusiasm that's required of his or her band. Um, So we have a large presence, uh, Kappa Kappa Psi and Tau Beta Sigma on the marching band field. Um, It's definitely not the limit of where we serve, but we're really there, not just as like uh, to set up or tear down or like game day crew, uh, because those are all things that, you know, a band boosters association could do. Uh, really, our focus um, in serving the band, supporting the director of bands, and really it's, we're supporting departments of music, our, our schools, and the cause of band music in the nation's colleges and universities. So it's much more than just, you know, doing painting field lines or being that, you know, field council leadership or the 
the drum major. It's really supporting our music programs uh, in our colleges and universities, along with our communities. Yeah, and I think it's great that, you know, the emphasis is on service. So, you know, you might hear some other Greek organizations that are heavily into social aspects, which, you know, is great. And that's also serving those those organizations as well. But I think with the with the Greek system within within our marching units, it's it's just another opportunity, like you said, for advocacy, for awareness, you know, extending awareness to our communities for the marching arts, but also the the community that's on the campus. So maybe you know, if people don't understand everything the band does, you know, if you're at a school where the marching band goes out on public appearances, maybe they perform at a local, you know, or they, a regional um, professional sporting event or a parade or some type of event, usually Kappa Kappa Psi and, and their uh, sister organization, Tau Beta Sigma, you know, they're involved in in helping those events happen, not just, you know, like you said, what's on the field and, you know, putting out yard markers and, and setting up the drum major podiums. Um, so, so what kind of uh, opportunities do you have then, Allie, as an alumni, as an adult, you know, out of school, what do you do with that organization now? And how, how does, how can other people become part of that? Um, well, as far as fraternal things are concerned, um, I've served as the chair of the national level alumni association for the fraternity and was also on national council as a result. Um, I have been on the National uh, Committee for Officer and Chapter Training, and I, right now I'm on data and assessment, uh, which is a new committee for us because we've never really crunched the data, so to say. Like, we're looking at our demographics, who we serve, where we serve, why we serve, uh, and I, I'm a... a I do a lot of data analysis for the day job. So I'm just, I, I get to combine my love for crunching those numbers and band and how, how we can improve the fraternity uh, with that data. So sure. uh, for, for brothers of the fraternity who are alumni or life members, or even our honoraries um, have the opportunity to volunteer to be on any of those committees and uh, be selected by our national council to continue to serve and use the skill sets that we have in our alleged adulthood uh, to continue to grow the fraternity, alleged, uh, <laughs> to continue to grow the fraternity and grow our band programs. Well, that's awesome. Um, I know, Ali, you also take part in um, the Alumni Association. You're the, the the executive director of the chap, the band chapter for the University Alumni Association. Maybe you could tell and tell our, our listeners a little bit about how band can extend beyond graduation or beyond you know their time oh, yeah. at the university. Oh, totally. Um, it's not just sitting in the stands at halftime and you know cheering ridiculously and throwing babies weekly. Uh, there's so much more to it. The the band's alumni chapter at Westchester University of Pennsylvania. We are actually a chapter of our university's alumni association. And we are dedicated to providing performance, networking, and fundraising opportunities for the benefit of its members, the band ensembles we serve, and the Wells School of Music. We support, of course, the incomparable Golden Rams Marching Band, but we also <laughs> support the uh, Sixth Man Basketball Band, the mm. Concert Band, the Wind Ensemble, and the Wind Symphony. So, uh, and of course, we have members that are in all of those 
ensembles most we have so many of our students who are in ensembles at the university actually are not music majors um even in our upper level ensembles we do have non-music majors who audition into top seats uh, and we're just we're blessed to have at a conservatory level school and so our organization supports specifically the wind bands um, and that's my role as executive director um, it's actually been growing since of through the 10 years that we've had the chapter i started off as the kappa kappa psi representative and then uh, became vice president for a term and then i was president for two terms and uh, i've been executive director for the last two years and my role is well it, it kind of is uh whatever the director of band says <laughs> which, is right now because, which could be a lot probably i'm sure well, yeah i mean for after right after we approved the bylaws that created the position a couple of years ago the director of bands read me a list and now you will and uh, <laughs> i was like oh what did i sign up for crap um, right well band director lists are never short they always oh, no. have a long list of things that they need right Absolutely. And so I oversee and advise um, fundraising initiatives for the Director of Band Scholarship, uh, which uh, we, we give to sophomores and older once a year. Uh, we, I oversee membership recruitment, uh, management of our officers, uh, any other responsibilities that come at me from any of our three uh, band directors that aren't already represented in the officer roles. Mm. So What's the I'm, craziest thing that a band director has asked you to do? Like the thing you looked at it and you just like had to look at him sideways, like what? Well, we were, uh, we've been asked, this is the first year that we have had the opportunity to fill in as alumni for the basketball band. Um, and first, the idea was like, oh, we'll just fill in for a few games while the kids are out. Okay, that's great. I can figure that out. And just in the last week, it's grown into, hey, you may have to fill holes for the whole season. What? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of basketball games. What? Um, I think that probably at this point is the craziest thing. Um, I know they keep raising the bar on our expectations for participation in our alumni Ram band at homecoming um, and keep asking for more there too. And thankfully I have, you know, over well, almost a thousand people who are official members of our chapter. So growing, huge. it's ginormous. We are actually the largest alumni association chapter at Westchester university and the most active. Um, Go band. See, now that's, that's what I'm talking about. These are like opportunities. And I, I want everybody that's listening to know that like, you know, you can march in college and there's life for you after college band. So, you know, there's always senior core for a lot of people that are in drum corps. Um, they have an opportunity to march again. And with college band, sometimes that's, that's, that's a little more limited, but at certain universities like Westchester, you actually can do stuff beyond graduation. And that's pretty, you know, that's pretty cool. And you know, so wherever you, you guys look to go to school or wherever, you know, when you're looking into schools to attend, this is something you can ask about and say, hey, what happens after I graduate? Is there still more opportunities for engagement and everything? 
Well, and, Allie, you know, it's been, it's been, I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish your, oh, finish oh, your thought. That's totally cool. Um, if your college or university that you're at does not have any kind of alumni organization for the bands, whichever organiz, uh, whichever ensemble, uh, please reach out to your alumni relations office and ask about how to do that. You have an, an immense sort resource in your alumni that is just being overlooked if you're not connecting with them and finding good reasons for them to come back to campus to see your ensembles to financially uh, donate to give their time and their talent and just make sure that you don't let that go and don't be excellent yeah, don't be afraid to be the first. Don't be afraid to ask. Ask, you know, ask your ask your university. There's a lot of resources there. Well, the good news is, is that Allie's going to stick around for news later. So make sure you stay tuned to the podcast. And uh, coming on our next water break is some advice for from some more of our amazing hosts. So everyone, get out there, get some good reps in, so we can get back here to chat some more. And don't forget, we have band news at the end of rehearsal. On a Water Break is teaming up with Style Plus, Guard Closet, and Marching Arts Education to do some great giveaways this winter. The first is two $500 scholarships to two performers in an independent percussion, winds, or color guard competing in WGI this winter. That's right, one for a guard person and one for a winds or percussion individual. If that's not amazing enough, we will also be awarding to two groups a set of 20 Style Plus performance tops or a set of 20 unitards. One set of unitards for the winning color guard and one set of performance tops to a winds or percussion group. Check out more information about this opportunity on our website at onawaterbreak.com. Everyone that registers will receive a free month of service from Marching Arts Education and all their amazing educational offerings. The winners will also be invited to be panelists on our podcast throughout the winter season. You'll tell us about your experiences as a performer and your insights into what's happening in the marching arts. Again, check out our website at onawaterbreak.com for information about applying for these opportunities. All right, everybody, take 10. Make sure you're going over the music for the next chunk. And, oh, that choreography, too. Remember, this is where that big toss comes up, Color Guard. Now is the time in rehearsal when we solve everyone's issues. Or at least we try to. We are definitely marching band staff and not miracle workers. So let's get going. I have with me once again today, Trevor Bailey and Justin Surface. And we are going to answer the burning questions from our performers who are also listening to this podcast. So let's jump right into it today. Question number one, physical trophies or awards that you can put to good use, which Ooh. is better? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I guess it depends, what do, trophies and awards mean to you and your program uh, for me they symbolize um not validation of hard work because we know what we can do we know the execution of our production of our product you know internally we know how how well we did right like as leaders or as um 
leaders of those groups, those performers know what they did and what they didn't accomplish. Um, but the awards, I think, symbolize to me, you know, an assessment of is is that or those skills translatable to other people based on a, a on a on a on an examination of your group on any given day? Um, are you undeniable with your level of performance and your skills and talents um, to people who may have subjective views on uh, what is great and what is what is good and what is poor? Um, so that's what that kind of means for me. I, I would like to, you know, have a little bit more emphasis on the awards as opposed to maybe like a best in class physical trophy. Um, if if my group was awarded maybe like a performance at or selected for a performance at Carnegie Hall or to be like a you know uh, Emmy award winning band or whatever it is, I think you can kind of hang your hat on on those things a little a little bit more than maybe you know a a first or second place trophy at a you know, local, regional, state, a state event. I, Justin, I'll, I'll go ahead and let, uh, throw it to you because that's where I am. But I, my mind could be changed. I'm, I'm open minded. Oh, well, you see, I'm a trinket goblin. So give me, give me, give me all those shiny, shiny trophies. Um, you know, awards are great. You know, that, you know, they, they, you know, have the prestige and all that that comes with it. I love it. But when that award also has something shiny that comes along with it that I can look at and remind myself every time I look at it, um, you know, give me, give me, give me. Um, and, you know, I like to always think of, I deal mostly with, you know, the high school kids and below. I mean, I do help out with some independent groups and, you know, the older college age and that, but my mind always tends to focus towards the younger, um, just cause that's where I deal with the most. And, you know, um, if we're with a younger program, those kids love shiny things too. I mean, you give yeah. them like, uh, one of those, um, uh, neon glow sticks and you would think you gave them a million dollars sometimes as they're running <laughs> around doing whatever so I always tend towards like um, if we're thinking even just in the or just the organization level end of band camp we're going to do some awards like I'm going to make sure that I have something to hand those kids to even if it's just something goofy um, as a quote trophy um, just because again like I said I'm a trinket goblin give me give me give me all that shiny and I, you know I think a lot of kids um, you know feel that way too so uh, awards are great but I will always prefer something shiny I can hold <laughs> There's also something nice. yeah. to be said about like feeling the feeling you get when you walk into a band room and you've got all those trophies up on a shelf or you've got all those awards hanging in the wall and like you can kind of feel that. So I I think we kind of sounds like we're all kind of in agreement. You want to be able to show something for for your your hard work and and you know, other people can see it. You definitely want to be able to show that really quickly and really easily and you can definitely do that with physical trophies. So question number two, let's go ahead and move on to this. How soon can an alumni return to be a tech or an instructor? So like you graduate some seniors, how soon can you bring them back? Like I've had them come back as far as like the very next fall after they graduate to help. Um, but usually they were like student leaders before that. And so they kind of already have an idea of what they're doing. What do you guys think? 
Well, with me personally, I um, when I'm running my own groups, I always have my older members teach the younger members. Um, it works twofold. One, it helps build the bond, and two, I don't have to deal with it. Um, but <laughs> it's, um, because of that and just the way that I structure my groups, I think it all has to do with the culture that the group is coming from. So I always like to build a culture of, you know, the older students are always teaching the younger ones and da, 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 da. So that transition to that really good student that wants to learn how to be an instructor and wants to come back and learn from me um, and learn from, you know, the program they've came from just because that's more comfortable for them. Um, you know, I'm always apt to bring them in, absolutely, because, you know, we need more and more and more instructors um, to, you know, help out with the, you know, with what we do. So I don't think there needs to be any sort of um, space in between personally, but that's just of the cultures that I like to create when I'm teaching. I know there's going to be some places where that's just not the thing. Um, I know of some, I've worked with some band directors um, who like for there to be like three, four years in between a, a whole, like everyone they marched with is gone before they come back. And, you know, there's the pluses and minuses to both, to, uh, both sides to that. Um, you know, um, but I personally think, you know, if someone is coming, if someone in a program I'm teaching is coming up and saying, I would really like to come and help you out more and really figure out what this thing is all about, um, I'm not going to turn that passion away personally. I, I would like to say, I would like to respectfully dif disagree, Justin, sure. with um, and, and Jackie. Maybe um, I would give like a maybe a two year gap and not because. You know that person may understand the culture, understand the technique, understand the the things that you may want to teach, and they can transfer that knowledge on to maybe the performers who are still in the group. But I don't want them to come back for a different reason. Um, and my reasoning would be uh, because I want them to go off and get different experiences, uh, uh, teaching experiences, see other programs, kind of be away for uh, a little while. And what the, I think that does is it either um, strengthens strengthens their resolve and like the teaching they've had and they realize that like all right that was some really good teaching and this is why this is why or it you know going to like another program or having a different experience um, gives them a, another view of how to create that um, greatness uh, pull that greatness out of the performers that efficiency that discipline and now they become more well-rounded have more tools for the toolbox, the to teaching toolbox. And when they come back to you after a couple years of like a hiatus, um, they'll be an even stronger uh, teacher um, or instructor or a guest clinician uh, for, for the group that they used to be um, a part of. And people who are in the group who may have been like uh, freshmen, you know, when that person was a senior or something, uh, will see the, gro the growth of that person. Um, even more. So that's why I think that's why I like to personally ask those folks to still be around the program, but in regards to teaching and instructing them, I ask for them to be away for a couple years. And, and that's, and that's my personal reasoning. Okay. No, I can see that. And I can understand that. Um, the, but, you know, like with everything we seem to be discussing uh, with these questions, there's multiple sides to it. So, no, I can see where um, your thought process is, and I respect that. Um, I, too, will respectfully um, disagree, 
but <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we're here. Jackie, you should break the tie. I should break Again, the tie. <laughs> break that tie. Break that tie. <laughs> or I'll just let us move on to the next question. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I'm friends with all of you, and let's keep it that way. <laughs> it's all love. It's all love. So next up is text a friend. This is the part of the podcast where we have 30 seconds to try and get a friend of ours to answer a question. We don't know what the question is in advance. Jeremy is going to read it to us. And we get bonus points if we can get the person to actually answer the phone. So, listener question number three, text a friend. What do you got for us, Jeremy? Okay, so this one's sort of interesting. And I hope you have your DCI friends ready. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> everyone's like switching who they're talking to right now. <laughs> oh, crap. Um, I to switch my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Let me switch my friend. Um, so the, the question is, what does the letters F-H-N-S-A-B stand for in reference to a top 12 DCI drum corps? That letter is, those letters are F-H-N-S-A-B. Top 12 drum corps. Once again, we are still here with our snare drums, which may be slightly more appropriate for this question. Does anyone on the panel know? Yeah. No idea. Just, Justin with the no. Trevor with the, Trevor's got it. I'm trying to get the answer. <laughs> Trevor's trying to get the answer. Jackie, <laughs> do you know? I I don't. <laughs> Repeat the question one more time for our amazing listeners. Okay. So the so the question is of a top 12 DCI drum corps. This is in reference to one of them. Um it is the letters F H N S A B. You see that a lot like on um, social media posts of theirs, or um, a lot of people reference this group. Um, it's 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 with that F H N S A B um, letterings. Okay, I got a caller. Oh 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 oh. Okay, hey Jeremy, I have a caller on speakerphone, uh, Doctor Joshua Walker. Um, he's uh, March's uh, spirit of, of Atlanta back in the day. We served as graduate assistants together um, at the University of Alabama uh, with the Million Dollar Band. And um, he's going to tell you the answer to this this question you just asked. Dr. Walker, go ahead. Your holy name shall always be. And what, is group- it, what, what group is the it from? Cadets. The who? That's the Cadets. Ah, yay! Winner, 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 winner. (laughs) Way to go, way to go, way to go. Thank thank you, Josh. Now that he (laughs) says that, my brain is going like, oh, duh. (laughs) Right, right, right. 
Point for Trevor. Point for Trevor. Yeah. Point for Trevor. Bonus points for Trevor. Trevor's bonus like points. bonus points. I mean, you, 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 the first week, Trevor came out of the gate strong. Jackie took you down with the call last week, and now you're like right back in it. Justin, come on. Where you at? Where you at? Come on, Justin. Don't don't mention me. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> come on, Justin. No, no. I believe in you. <sighs> I believe in you. That's my friends. I mean, honestly, it's my friend's fault. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, back to you, Jackie. All right. We have one final listener performer question. How do you know when a tradition is detrimental to the growth of your program? And this is something I feel like that is so relevant and it is so like it is so relevant to what's going on today in in all of our marching arts. Justin. Okay. Um a tradition is is hurting your program when it, it's no longer aligned to um the culture and the teaching philosophy of your group. Bingo. Um, I mean, we all have love and honor the traditions of the different groups that we come to, but we also have also, I'm sure, all come to ones where we're like, oof, this really isn't inclusive, or this really is sending the wrong message that we should be teaching, um, you know, our students. And it's, too, though, to try and change those traditions though can get a little tricky. You have to be careful with how you approach it. Um, but yeah, uh, if it is teaching the kids the wrong message and it's just something where, I mean, sometimes too, the kids don't even know why they're doing it in the first place. So the, that can make it a little easier to be like, you know, we're not gonna do this anymore, but let's replace it with our own new, this awesome, cool new tradition. Um, it's kind of how I approach it when I try to get rid of some of those older ones that are just not fitting in the culture. There's nothing wrong with them in the times that they were created. You know, that was the thing. We have to honor, we have to respect where we came from. But yeah, if it is sending the wrong message to the kids, then, you know, you got to make changes. I mean, I think you nailed it. That last point you made was exactly what I was going to say, uh, Justin, in regards to, you know, the tradition may look great in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, but I think we have to be, you know, have, reflect um, very often as as leaders of groups, as, as leaders of individuals to look through it through a different lens. You know, is, is this tradition um, needed for 2022? Like and beyond, like and and we have to make those decisions and and like you said, modify and change. Change is not a bad word, you know. Um, people, that's people are afraid. Of, that's one of the most fearful words in, in, in people in the in the English language is change. Um, and the way I think we bring about that change, everyone, is from my personal experience, sustainable change in any profession um, is is usually done via evolution rather than revolution sustainable change via evolution not revolution it's incremental folks and you have to you have to play the long game um 
give the students more ownership and, and empowerment to be able to make that change because it, it feels like it's coming from internally the ownership of the program that they're, they're least they're less likely to be uh restrictive of it or or, or push back at it so I, I encourage you to you know in, you know empower those students to um make that make that change by themselves by by making those adjustments to any traditional traditions you may feel like um or handicapping your group in long term. love that trevor and if you guys who are listening love this too and you want our staff to help you with your next marching arts issue we have everyone standing by ready to help simply send us a voice recording or an email to on a water break at guardcloset.com now everyone get back on the field for the final rehearsal chunk On a Water Break is teaming up with Style Plus, Guard Closet, and Marching Arts Education to do some great giveaways this winter. The first is two $500 scholarships to two performers in an independent percussion, winds, or color guard competing in WGI this winter. That's right, one for a guard person and one for a winds or percussion individual. If that's not amazing enough, we will also be awarding to two groups a set of 20 Style Plus Performance Tops or a set of 20 Unitards. One set of Unitards for the winning color guard and one set of Performance Tops to a winds or percussion group. Check out more information about this opportunity on our website at onawaterbreak.com. Everyone that registers will receive a free month of service from Marching Arts Education and all their amazing educational offerings. The winners will also be invited to be panelists on our podcast throughout the winter season. You'll tell us about your experiences as a performer and your insights into what's happening in the marching arts. Again, check out our website at onawaterbreak.com for information about applying for these opportunities. All right, everybody, that was some great advice from our panelists. Don't forget, go to onawaterbreak.com to register for our scholarships and our costume giveaway. Now it's time for quick chunks with Gush and Goes. This is the time of rehearsal where our staff get to gush and go on for 30 seconds about anything they want to do to talk about having to do with the marching arts. So let's go. Okay, so my Gush and Go is a quick shout out to all the band parents, band directors, instructors that are assisting uh, students that uh, can't perform in uh, in traditionally by marching if they're in a wheelchair or they are, have uh, mobility issues. That we have these instructors that go and push these push the kids around in the wheelchair so that they can perform. Quick note: uh, two weeks ago at the Chino uh, Band Parade review, there was at least three bands that had uh, uh, students with mobility issues and they were still in the block, marching down the street, getting pushed and playing. One of them was even playing a tuba in a wheelchair. It was fantastic. So shout out to all those people that are helping everyone enjoy music and get to play music. It was really cool to see. Great shout out. I got one for you. I, I, my, my gush is for the Cavaliers 2023 percussion program. So you've already got like Mike McIntosh and and some other some other fantastic guys there and ladies and now they added Tom Unks to the recipe. Uh 
This is going to be some great stuff this summer. So make sure you check the Cavaliers percussion program out. I am so stoked to see what happens there this summer. As a Cadets alum, seeing Tommy working with Mike Mack at Cavaliers, I'm psyched to see what what they're going to do. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, an already wonderful program. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm gonna guess and go for all of the all of the bands that took a risk this year and maybe changed circuits and maybe like maybe they were used to a comfortable local circuit but maybe they branched out and I'm gonna gush a little bit about my alma mater at Downingtown West High School in Pennsylvania because they went from a more of a regional place to uh, a BOA cha- um, BOA participation and they ended up um, they earned second place in the Group Five Open in nationals at MetLife Stadium. Which is pretty big, you know. When you're changing, when you're changing from one circuit to another, it could be a little wonky. It could be a little different. You're not used to all the judges and what they're looking for. So I'm giving them a shout out today. They did a great job, and I'm really proud to be an alum. Woo! Uh, yeah, I got. I'm gonna gush about um, the Winter Guard activity. Actually, in back in September, I went to a uh, Mirage clinic. Um, and I had so much fun. I was like, so out of my depth and so uncomfortable the whole time, uh, in a good way. And, and I, it was kind of a magical emotional experience that I had. Um, and just like kind of for most of it sitting and watching the advanced, um, spinners, mm. <laughs> I guess, right. <laughs> no, I, I say players. So, um, the, the advanced spinners doing things that I just like, you know, kind of don't really understand. And, and it was just so wonderful to be a part of. And, and maybe someday if I hunker down, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, maybe get to do some, some world-class uh, stuff. But um, anyway, that's Cameron, that's what, what did you learn so about at that clinic that you weren't expecting to learn from the, from the advanced performers? You know, um, the, the material they were performing was really, really challenging. And I don't even just mean that from um, my perspective. I think, uh, what's the name of the guy who uh, like choreographs at Mirage? Do any of you know? I forget. Okay. Well, I, they told me his name um, and I've just forgotten it. But uh, it's not Shapiro, is it? Mike, Michael Shapiro? Yeah, my, I think it's Michael Shapiro. And they, um, they just mentioned that he likes to go all out uh, with stuff. And so, like, there was a, a guy that, that uh, I knew that was actually teaching. And he had written this piece, if you call it, a, a chunk sort of thing, um, to a Billie Eilish song. And it was with Rifle. And it was so hard. Like, I mean, these people who were just so incredibly experienced and super talented were just flopping like dropping everywhere. It was, it was amazing. I think that was the, one of the most magical parts of it was to see these experts at a craft that I don't understand just fail over and over again. It was really cool. And I, I, it just made me feel so good about the activity as a whole, not just guard, but you know, how all of it is really the same thing. I just kept thinking about snare drum, you know, it, it was just like connected to me on such a deep level. So yeah, spinning for somebody like Shapiro is amazing. I got to do it a little bit when I was in Blue Stars, and uh, yeah, it's a totally different, totally different uh, 
different animal when you're going out there to tackle some Shapiro work versus your traditional color guard work you might have uh, have learned getting up to that point. Allison, what do you want to gush and go on about next? Well, I want to get back to my beloved Ram Band at Westchester University. Um, they have been recognized quite a bit in the last few years. Uh, we were the first uh, Division II school to win the Sodler Trophy. Uh, and we've, we've marched Macy's recently. And we learned last week the band has been selected to be in the 2024 Rose Parade. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Oh, and uh, it, it really shows that others recognize that Div 2 bands can, can be amazing and large and do huge creative things uh, and not be limited by the fact that, you know, of their NCAA division ranking. Um, so I'm just very proud of my Ram Band kids and uh, I'm looking forward to everything that the director of band is gonna ask me to do in the next year to support getting our kids out to Pasadena. Super. Hey, hey, you know, oh, sorry. Little, uh, Tom, I want to jump in. I just want to jump in. This is, it's Jeremy, producer. I'm just coming because I have even more inside scoop onto the Rose Bowl parade announcement from what? what? Yeah. Um, so as many may know, may not know, I'm very close. Todd Marcacci, who is the color guard director and visual designer for Westchester University Marching Band and has been for ever. Um, is one of my dearest mm. friends. And I was talking to him the other day at, on my way to Color Guard Championships and or Marching Man Championships. And he was telling me all of the things that Westchester is already planning to make sure they get maximum airtime. And a quick note, Todd had a band, I think it, I want to say in 98, was Washington Township that went to the Rose Bowl Parade. And this is a little bit of history. I should have used this as the as um as a history as the text a friend question for later but um washington township high school went to the rose bowl and was the first and only band ever to be adorned in actual like flowers and real organic material and there's a whole story about it if you google it like rose bowl washington township 1998 i want to say or something like that it is insane i mean they they did a whole news story they got minutes and minutes and minutes of airplay for a marching band that should not have gotten it. I mean, they had roses that were sticking out of the vials of their, you know, Shaco hats. I mean, the color guard was carrying flowers. They had flowers all over. The band parents were like insane getting it together. So I'm just saying if I were you, I would pay attention to Westchester University's Rose Bowl appearance because that stuff is going to be lit. I'm just going to tell you. Okay. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> and Jeremy, on that same note, uh, on that same note, a couple years ago, the tournament of, tournament of bands out in Pennsylvania had a Rose Parade band in the parade, and they put roses on their uniform. That's right. They did. I, yep. Yeah, I, I was a part of that sort of like design process for a little while uh, with that. And so that was like that was that was them trying to like a little bit dial into what Todd Marcacci has done. But I'm going to tell you all right now that are listening and those of you because a lot of people on this podcast know him. You cannot touch what Todd Marcacci does from an effect or and like you just can't touch it. I'm sorry. So go look it up. But it's amazing. <laughs> His brain works differently. He's on a whole other level playing field. Neat stuff. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, I was just going to say that uh, if you know who Lee Renicki is, he is a, a Westchester University marching band alum. But, you know, that's not as so, exciting now as what you said. Yes, yes. <laughs> Get him on here. I want to gush and go on about the Macy's Parade. Let's throw it back to that for just a second because it's coming up next week. Woo-hoo. And uh, yep. I literally packed my bag for it this morning. I'm, I have not been since 2019. And prior to that, I had gone to the Macy's Parade for 11 years straight. <laughs> so it's been a really awesome experience getting to work with the Macy's Great American Marching Band. And I want to give a shout out to all of the travel people, everybody who organizes these bands and gets them where they're going. Woo-hoo! Yes, Beth being one of them. Um, the staff who run the uh, the music festival staff who run the Macy's Band are just awesome. They get all of these kids to their places they need to go and they get them rehearsing and they've got a nice, an awesome staff uh, there for them. And, and it's just it's been an awesome thing, like working with them and, you know, getting so many emails and text messages and stuff throughout the week. Um, specifically, Steph is the lady, Steph Bea is the lady who has been running things this year and she's just been so organized and I'm really looking forward to seeing how this is going to go next week. So that is my gush and go. <laughs> All right, guys. Gather around for band announcements. This is the part of the show where we're going to give you the news and information from all over the marching arts activity. Cameron, do you want to kick us off since you're new here today? Well, I heard that BOA ended recently. Yes, it did. And I think somebody won, if I remember correctly. I heard there were some bands and some props and a whole bunch of feathers. Somebody mentioned that someone didn't have props, though. That's true. And it would be the first place band, Carmel High School, winning their sixth BOA Grand National Championship. Yes, yes. The Greyhounds, the Greyhounds of Carmel pulled it out again. with, And there was another, like, another Indiana band, uh, Avon High School, the great Avon High School, in second place. And I think there were two other bands in Indiana that also made finals, which was insane. Everyone talks about Texas. What's in the water in Indiana? Right? Everyone talks about Texas this and Texas that. Well, Indiana pulling out all the stops. And I want to give another shout out to Carmel High School because not only did they win Grand National Championships, but they're going to be performing in the Macy's Day Parade next week. Talk about Wow! Talk about a crazy schedule for those kids. What a roller coaster, right? right. Of uh, excitement for those kids. Yeah, you know, I think for the for the people on the street and everyone watching at home, seeing all those bands, those wonderful bands Woo-hoo! at uh, on the Macy's Day Parade is going to be incredible, including the uh, Texas Six A UIL champion Vandergrift High School. So many shout outs. That was awesome. You, you know, uh, I didn't get to see all the groups this year, but. I want to just talk about the immense amount of color all the groups had this year. You know, uh, I, DCI over the summer was a much different palette of colors this year compared to what Scholastic did, I think. Uh, Scholastic was just fantastic with explosions of color. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've noticed in the past couple of years after watching BOA and then watching DCI, 
how big the BOA bands are and how much they fill up the, the field. And I watch DCI and there's nothing against DCI. I understand their limitations, but they just don't look as big as those BOA bands. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned that Carmel won with no props this year. There was another band though that decided to get rid of something that we traditionally see on the field, especially, you know, recently, Avon's Color Guard performs with their marching band without any shoes. They're barefoot. <gasps> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no shoes? I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Like, it's- that's a big band aid budget. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> That sounds great, honestly. Well, I guess it depends. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I'm a I'm an instrumentalist, a wind player, so I would not want to do it without shoes. But, you know, color guard's a, a different animal. So, you know, it might be easier for them if they're playing inside, performing inside on turf. Especially if they're I used don't know. to it. Like, if they're used to dancing and performing without shoes and they're doing it during winter guard season, I don't know. Anyway, let's go on to the next story. Chris, Rhett, what do you got for us? Uh, so I, the uh, Grammy nominations were just announced uh, this past week. Uh, in fact, I think yesterday. And um, I think you're right. Uh, the great Tennessee State University aristocrat of bands, I almost said aristocrat, huh, is among the nominees announced for the 2023 Grammy Awards. They are nominated for the Best Roots Gospel Album, and they got some pretty good uh, 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 people in the the midst including like i don't know willie nelson i don't know uh keith Kristen getty the uh, Ga- uh gather vocal band like pretty incredible stuff so they, they uh wow. nominated for the urban hymnal so pretty incredible stuff it's great to see uh it's great to see bands being being nominated and uh observed for all the great things that they do um you know, and on a side note, I've definitely noticed this college football season how incredible these uh, university marching bands are. Just the amount of attention to detail, the fact that they do a whole new show every single week. It really is amazing to see the quality and, and the entertainment that these university bands are putting on. So bravo to Tennessee State. Let's, let's hope that they, they can pull out the Grammy. That would be fantastic. And everyone's got to watch it on uh, the Grammys on Sunday, February 5th. And I'm not associated with the Grammys. (laughs) Rock on. Are you sure? That surprises me. I feel like, Chris, you know everybody. This is not a paid ad. This is not a paid ad, except Grammys. If you're listening, hey, some free tickets. I live in L.A. Nice. Nice. Seat filler. Seat filler. Seat filler. I'm go any day. (laughs) Yeah. Pasek just wrapped up. Right? Drummer's heaven of all ages and skill sets and mm-hmm. yes. and ideas and thoughts. and uh, Yeah, wasn't your alumni performing? My alumni did perform the Boston Crusaders. They tore the roof off. It was great. Colin McNutt and his team, uh, they, they did a fantastic job with that group this summer. And, and this is what? Two months after, and it was still fire. Come on, it was great. Uh, some other uh, close friends performed. Damon Grant got a chance to perform while he was there. Um, 
it was a good time. Cameron, what did you uh, did you get to check anything out? You know, uh, I didn't actually see anything from PASIC itself, um, but I, I did. Uh, I happened to see the UNT snare ensemble and quad ensemble a few weeks ago at the Louisville drumline competition down here in DFW. And um, so it's kind of like a preparatory performance, and, and they were fantastic. Um, I mean, I got to see Boston several times over the summer, and uh, my roommates teach there and they marched there and stuff. Um, and I loved what they were doing. Um, and I, honestly, that, that getting to perform uh, as the marching ensemble at PASIC is such an honor. I got to do that myself in 2019 with uh, Santa Clara Vanguard. And, and it really, you talk about performing the music very well after you know a couple of months hiatus. And it's surprising how it all just comes back. You just kind of you just kind of pull out the sticks and and you just play it and it's like everybody is just as good as they were when they walked off the the field in finals. It's it's pretty uh, special, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that was that was very uh, a great performance as well, my friend. That was you know well, thank uh, another, you. A, another memorable one. So you know, Dave Weckel was there. It was it was probably one of the biggest passings they've had in years. It was it was it was fantastic. So if you ever want to go geek out on drums and uh, meet all your heroes and legends, go sometime. It's, it's just, it's really cool. <laughs> so speaking of, you know, being able to get back together and uh, still continue performing after all those years, my new story is that Bruce Anderson, who was a member and eventually drum major of the Marching Mizzou, which is my alma mater, uh, from 1957 to 1961, he just completed his 60th consecutive year as a member of the Marching Mizzou Alumni Band. And let me tell you something. I have marched under him. I did the alumni band several years ago. Um, I did it a couple of times. And and he's just such, such a fun guy. Like, imagine, you know, a, a college student, but with all of the experience of somebody who's been around the activity for 60 years <laughs> on top of that. Um, so that's really exciting that they're that that he was able to continue to be the drum major of our alumni band. And Mizzou is another band that's going to be in the Macy's Parade next week. So I'm very excited to get to see oh, my alma mater on the street at Central Park West. I'll see you guys there. I'm so excited. Ah, <laughs> that's so great, Jackie. Congratulations! And I can't imagine doing alumni band for 60 years. Oh no, that's a lot. Can you believe that? It's it's wild. Like, like I think I've done it three times, two times, three times, a few times, and it's it's tough. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. a great Macy's wrap up show when we do that in a couple of weeks. I assume then that Tom and Jackie, you'll be ready to host the Macy's wrap up uh, episode of the podcast. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I need to like vlog the actual parade day. I, I haven't done that in, oh, I haven't been there in a couple of years, but I haven't done that in even longer. Oh my gosh. That's exactly what I was going to say. You guys should do some live vlogs as you're there. Definitely, Jackie, you know me. <laughs> uh, Allison, <laughs> hey, do you want to promote your organizations? Uh, give us some social media, web addresses, anything where we can reach you at? Okay. Um, <clears throat> for uh, Kappa Kappa Psi, you can find us at kkpsi.org. 
for Tau Beta Sigma, you can find us at tbsigma.org. And the Westchester University Bands Alumni Association can be found at wcupabaa.com. All right, guys, it is time to wrap up rehearsal. Thank you so much for another great episode. We hope that you found your time with us to be worthwhile. Thank you so much, Allison, for joining us. It was great to meet you. Thank you, Cameron, for jumping on the staff. Uh, make sure that you tell a friend, share a link to our podcast on social media, get the word out. Do not forget about our scholarship and uniform giveaway. Everybody, good luck on your run this week. We'll see you next time. Thank you.